Okay, so, uh, TJ yeah. doesn't know which the, the Chet Hanks, in like the last year or so, has become popular because he's the, he's the daughter of, um, he's the daughter of Tom. Of- uh, he's, he's the son. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, he's the son <laughs> of Tom and, and good old Rita. Okay. And uh, when they got COVID, he took it upon himself to be the spokesperson on Twitter. So nice. when they had COVID and couldn't do anything, it was like every couple of days we were getting updates from Chet Hanks, who and is the first... a. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. I don't know if you can tell from this picture that I have of him on my background, but he's a uh, a bro. Sure. Yep. Uh huh. B. Not very smart. <laughs> I, well, I can't tell that from a photograph, but okay. And, and and C really likes to do fun accents. Oh, well, See, funny I was just voices, say, huh? Yeah, uh, I was just gonna say he's that done that, a couple that video, uh, the picture uh, that Andy has. He's very, yeah. He's oh, very... is this a Matthew McConaughey's son kind of thing? Because he does that Ooh. too, right? Yeah, I yeah. think they're probably they're, they're probably, probably friends. friends. <laughs> they probably just, run in the same crowd. I thought yeah. it was so funny when again the Uber was released that Tom Hanks had COVID, and this video of Chet Hanks comes out, and it's the picture that Andy has as his background. He's shirtless and just in front of the camera, like guys, my parents have COVID, but everything's <laughs> all right. Everything's gonna be okay. Shirtless, <laughs> just. Letting everybody know everything's all He's right. Bearing the truth. <laughs> yeah. And people, for the world. And people on Twitter were like, "Well, I'm glad they're okay, and I'm extra glad that Chet is the one delivering the news." So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like Chet. Chet's great. Yeah. Chet. I like, put, I like he wants to, of He's an gym. aspiring rapper. Mm-hmm. I'm liking like Chet less. A decade. <laughs> yeah. And like this every is waning time. Quickly. <laughs> Every time, like, Tom or Rita are asked about him, they're like, oh, yeah, Chet. Chet. <laughs> <laughs> That's our God son, bless yes. There was, literally a, a, there was literally a story I read where someone was like, yeah, it happened, like, I was, they were, like, third string in a film production of some, like an, of a Tom Hanks movie, and they were, like, a rap party. And so they go up to him to, like, say something. And they're, he's like, oh, yeah, I've met your son, Chet. And then Tom's like, Rita, get over here. And they, he brings Rita over and he's like, okay, what did Chet do this time? Also, I'm sorry. Oh, no. And they're just like, no, I just, I met him. That's all. Him, that's all. Yeah, he's like, oh, good. Oh, <laughs> it implied to from my tone that reparations were owed after interacting with your son. Oh, Chet. Oh, my God. Oh, well, God bless But again, it gets, it gets into like, naming a child chet and then this is what he becomes like what were you expecting when you named your child chet (laughs) well his name's chester i think oh but he goes by chet i mean he goes by chet (laughs) it's something like that that's his truth oh okay all right that's (laughs) that's a little bit better i thought they'd straight up just name their kid chet (laughs) well and there's there's uh, chet atkins is a great country guitar player so i think that there's been notable good chets in history there's yeah there's, okay, there's one so so on that note i'm gonna get ready to introduce the show i think that we should all come up with fun nicknames oh, instead you... of our actual names in the vein of chet so oh, welcome to another here we go you guys better get ready welcome to another episode of never seen any of this my name is dre oh i'm slamma jamma sup it's taj is ramon oh okay, yeah <laughs> Those were all good except for Sammy's. Yeah, I got nothing. Wow, come on. <laughs> I mean, 
I uh, on that tide of a time limit, I don't think I would have come up with anything better than Slamma Jamma. So <laughs> I could just go by Sam, but I didn't want to drag my father like that. Sam, that's true. Go by Sam or uh, Samson. Yeah, I, I got that. Samson. Yeah. No, that's not good. Avoid dragging one's father when when you when yeah. you can. Yeah. I think we've already oh, done that in a couple other episodes. So <laughs> you you have brought him under the bus with you. Yes, yeah, definitely. several times. <laughs> yeah, Slime and Jam is pretty good. So I'll, I'll, I'm I glad was we came around on that. That was, that was good. Yeah. All right. I'm glad we have a good uh, there. Yeah. Hey, we watched uh, a new movie this week. It was Raymond's pick. It was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I guess it wasn't a new movie, but <laughs> not new in the same bitch. But no. <laughs> To me, it was. Yeah. Just, Sammy uh, had never even heard of this movie. I've never heard of this Neither movie. Neither had I. <laughs> oh. Raymond, what did you pick? What did Andy, you pick? Had you seen you it? Watch? I had seen it a long time ago on TV. Okay. So, like, okay. basically not. Sure. <laughs> I had us watch That Thing You Do, which is a music biopic of a fake band written, directed, and starring Tom Hanks in his directorial debut. He wise-owed it and didn't screw the pooch. It was wonderful. No, I was going to say, like... He did a very good job. If you... If I wouldn't have gone in knowing that it was directed and written by Tom Hanks, if you would have then been like, guess who it was written and directed by, I'd be like, oh, Tom Hanks. Because it's just so... I don't know. Not any of the other things that he's directed, like, feel like Tom Hanks, but, like, this feels like, oh, the nicest, sweetest man in the world made this movie? Yes. I get... Yes. He sure did. He, (laughs) He wrote this on the promotional tour for Forrest Gump because he was so bored because really? he was answering the same questions for like weeks on end and then I guess it just rolled over into like the Oscar campaigns when that happened so he was like had a long a really long campaign for Forrest Gump and he uh, was bored and wrote a script that's great yeah so I didn't even know he had I, I liked this movie and I didn't even know he had directed or written other movies until I looked it up when I was researching the movie to be like, is there anything else he did? And I was like, oh, it's like Stanley Tucci, where like, I've I've seen and love Big Night, but I totally have blanked that Stanley Tucci has directed like six movies. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, because he's all about like the Pacific and Band of Brothers, like right. Those he's the ones behind those, but he's not yeah. like directing those. I think he's, oh, okay. he's like executive exactly producing. He might have directed gotcha, an okay. episode or something, but I yeah. think he's just like the the creative force behind them. Yeah. But he's Tom Hanks has done like I think at this point four or five movies, mm-hmm. and this I have no idea. One. Yeah, this is the first one. Yeah. It was. It was just super like really fun and like. I I think I had a, a sort of uh, 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 already I a vote of confidence for it because of my proclivities for like sixties pop. I'm not like mm-hmm. I'm not like well versed mm-hmm. in it. Like like I'm a Van Halen scholar, but mm-hmm. like I, I I couldn't I couldn't give you the same <laughs> litany on eighties glam metal that I you know you know for 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 sixties pop. But it's like right. uh, it was sort of like a generational thing where it's like my grandparents loved the Beatles, which it made you know my dad inherited, which I inherited, and mm-hmm. you know watching Hard Day's Night when I was a little kid, you know, that kind of thing kind of primed me for the sort of like mod kind of movie thing, sure. and um, and so yeah, like especially like the movie set piece and and stuff like that, I was just like, oh yeah, this is this is goofy and fun, mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, and yeah, I really. What's the I really name of the it. band that they are in the movie? 
The Wonders? The, uh, oh, the, no. the Shrimp Shooters? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Geech that Geech and, <laughs> Captain Geach and the, and the Shrimp Shooters? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know who the director of that movie is? <laughs> no. I Jonathan Demme. I probably was Oh, oh my god who who that's, like that's he produced this movie as well for yeah Tara. yeah he's a producer on that so, it was fun to see in his yeah so name. jonathan De- acclaimed director jonathan debbie is the the beach movie director <laughs> that's funny keep dancing <laughs> there were quite a few cameos in this movie that had like very very small parts that i was like oh my god yeah when like, brian uh, cranston was well, on the screen I brian was like, cranston's not brian famous cranston. at this point mm-hmm. not really right? no it's had before malcolm in the middle had he done x files at that point, it, too, it was, he was only it's one 1986, so it's got to be yeah. right around, right around that. Early. Yeah. That's, yeah. Um, that's the funny. one, the one that really threw me for a loop was their first fan being um, Rickety Cricket from It's Always Sunny <laughs> oh, in Philadelphia. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's a McPoyle. Yeah, he's a McPoyle. He's not Rickety Cricket. Yeah, Is that not Rickety Cricket? That's not Cricket. No, it's yeah, it's no, yeah, he's, he's a McPoyle. He's up. one of the milk boys. <laughs> Even better, he's one of the milk boys. Yeah. Oh dear. I mean, like seeing the credits and be like, oh, Charlie Theron's in this, and, oh, but it's yeah. like she's not. She's only in the beginning, and I was like, oh, well, she was. I, she wasn't famous at this point either, right? Not, not really. Like, this is oh. this is her first film. Oh, okay. And that's I, nuts. Uh, she, uh, I think and she looks the last... exact same. That's the other thing that's yeah. crazy. She's just like she looks the same. <laughs> I think it was last year's Golden Globes. Uh, Tom Hanks got the. He got like a lifetime achievement award, and she introduced it. That's right, and, yeah. And she told a story about her audition because she's like notoriously bad at auditioning, and she was like really nervous. And it was like her first big audition, and it was with Tom Hanks, who was mm-hmm. writing and directing like his debut. And apparently, she like she went in, and she like couldn't even remember the name of her character. And Tom Hanks could tell that she was very stressed, stopped the audition, was like, I have to use the bathroom, and then went and walked by her and was like, I bought you a couple extra minutes, you can take a couple breaths and calm down, and then we'll get back to it. <laughs> and awesome. then, she, And then uh, she was like, I still kind of bombed it, but he was like, nah, you're good. I, I can <laughs> understand that you could do it. So he's like, she, she just like told this really nice story about how he gave her like her first real job in Hollywood. Because... All accounts are that Tom Hanks is like America's dad. He's the nicest man alive. The nicest man. I right. believe it. Yeah. Still gonna be a death match one day between him and Henry Winkler. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> but that's a private yeah. matter. That's that's like a Highlander thing. There's gonna be like a quickening at the end of that. <laughs> <fight>. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just if like if a bunch of windows just shatter all of a sudden in downtown Los Angeles, <laughs> just know that Henry Winkler is just decapitated Tom Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> you think you're you're. You're thinking Winkler would win in that fight? I don't know. <laughs> Actually, I don't think Henry Winkler's been in any, like, combat-centric films. Yeah. So I guess Saving Private Ryan might have some, some juice. But Tom Hanks is a nerd. He's like me. He likes Dan Carlin and shit. And typewriters. <laughs> and typewriters, right. yeah. yeah. But those typewriters like are heavy. Typewriters. He could throw a that's typewriter. That's like the core... That's like the core of his character in Saving Private Ryan is that he's you can see him being a regular man that has to be in this war. Right. He'll do it. Unlike Keanu Reeves, <laughs> who is actually a deadly scary person now because of yeah. being in three John Wick movies. Right. right. <laughs> Brief side note, with with Tom Hanks as part of this club that includes like like Steve Carell, Stanley Tucci, 
of of like like it's Jeff Goldblum, like guys whose like personal styles and like mainly glasses selection, it's like completely indiscriminate between that and like tech moguls. Where, oh, yeah. where, like, you don't know if, if they're yeah. going to drop, like, a new phone or if they're, like, up for a Golden Globe. I really like that <laughs> that cadre of, of, of people that are really rocking that, like, steel frame look. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and, they're and, with you it. Know, I love it. <laughs> Good old Tommy. I love him. Um, it, because uh, my my partner and I were watching it and, and, and sort of bracing for Tom Hanks being in it, we were just, like, every... Every 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 fifteen seconds, every every time that someone's gonna turn around a corner, we're like, "Is that Tom Hanks?" And then Is we just it? started calling every white person in the movie <laughs> Tom Hanks. There's Tom Hanks. Oh, God, that's Tom a lot of Tom Hanks. Oh, man, Tom Hanks is upset. <laughs> Jeez. I guess for me, the my cynicism or. Um, just knowing, like, I'm just the whole time. I'm like, when's it gonna go bad? I'm just waiting because I'm like, this is just a biopic, you know? Like, oh, they're everything's going really good for them. When's it gonna go bad? And like, honestly, it it doesn't really. <laughs> when it finally they like break up, it, there's 15 minutes left of the movie. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, so it was basically a movie about like everything going great, and then ever they're just all like, oh, and now it's over. <laughs> like, I I thought that was kind of because I was expecting like the halfway point be like the, oh they break up or something and then they like mm-hmm. they go through that but it's the last 15 minutes where they break up and then they, that's the end of the movie <laughs> i think that it helps that it's a it's a very good version of a biopic but based on a fake band mm-hmm. right yeah you know mm-hmm. uh, because a lot of the times with those biopics i mean like especially something like bohemian rhapsody you have a lot of outside factors that are like make it more dramatic right or make my character seem better than i was in real life you know Mm -hmm. you you have all those outside factors coming in and it's it's a biopic about a fake band but it's not like a parody movie it's not like spinal tap you know right it it, it's like genuinely sweet and Mm -hmm. could if you told me that the Wonders were a real band, like I'd believe it because it's a very realistic, like portrayal. Well, I was still trying to figure out. That. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. Try, I, I was trying to figure out like even when they were talking about people that were showing up, like are those people real? Like who the guy that Brian Cranston played? I was like, is that like? Or did they put in real people, or were they all fake people? And they I think mentioned the Beatles. A couple yeah, times. I think there's references yeah. to real acts, but I think every person that shows up is kind of like an amalgamation of like right. real people. So like the guy like, that he like drinks with and then ends up the blues um, guy, yeah, or jazz yeah. guy, yeah, yeah. Is he? He's not real, right? I don't think so. Yeah, so that's why I was. I was like, where is there any? Because like you're saying, Andy, it just felt like this could just be a real band mm-hmm. <laughs> because well, they the put all that real stuff in it. If you're in a position. Real, where you're writing a script and you can come up with a bunch of fake band names, then you need to fucking seize the day and do it. <laughs> I have a note on my phone of like 24 band names that are that are never probably going to be, but God damn it, when when the inspiration when you hits, need to you write, gotta write it down. Yeah, you gotta write yeah. it down. <laughs> I don't even want to repeat any of them out into the ether right now mm. for the two people that listen to the stupid podcast. Like I'm, <laughs> that, yeah. I'm that precious about them. You, you keep, <laughs> keep those that close. Luck. Yeah. Yeah, the, the structure of this movie is something I think that is, like, ingenious to the way it's telling a musical biopic. Because, like, even in the 90s, it was already kind of established that music biopics kind of only go one of two routes. Either they're, like, a, like an origin story that's, like, leading them up to their first big break, and maybe you get, like, a couple snippets of them performing, but not 
songs that you know and then it'll end on a big song that like the, a mm-hmm. famous song or mm. it's like a career spanning retrospective where you got to tell like their whole life and you get yeah, they're already dead at that point yeah right that or they're like very old or something like that and they they spend so much time trying to like because every the people making those movies know that you as the audience already know the music you don't know their like the person's history necessarily they spend way more time not focusing on the music because they know you already know it. And it's like spends way more time on like the the inner workings and machinations of each person and how they came to be to create this song. Mm-hmm. But like Tom Hanks creates a fucking script where he knows going in that they only made one song. That's all you mm-hmm. like. You don't have to create like a tortured backstory for each character. They can be archetypes because... They only you only need one thing, and you can make like a perfect song, and you yeah. can just let let them write on that song because that's what that story is about anyway. The story of and like a-, a decade worth of bands is just yeah. one song, you know. It's kind yeah. of brilliant that he that they're a band that is basically a one hit wonder. Uh huh. Right. Because you're not you're never gonna get a biopic of one hit no. wonders, you know. They well, are the and... one hit wonders. <laughs> oh, they did hang a The one hit on Oneaters. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Hey. Um, I it actually prompted me. I have this like locker of um of forty fives that my mm-hmm. grandma gave me, and so I I I grabbed them and my partner and I were going through them uh, while the movie was playing or whatever, and and so I recognized some stuff like she had some Elvis and some Righteous mm-hmm. Brothers and and stuff like that, but a bunch of it was just like shit they were selling for like a nickel that that was in a jukebox before or whatever and and already kind of worn to shit but it's it's a ton of one-off little like the tornadoes and like (laughs) you know like dr broomfield and the pacemakers and it's like (laughs) stop giving away your band name ideas (laughs) (laughs) shit Shit. um But yeah, I mean, a, a ton of these guys probably only came out with a handful of things because that was the nature of the beast at the time. It was like, well, we might put you on a, on a, on a, on a full, full album thing, maybe eventually. Mm-hmm. But you're gonna right. be on compilations. You're gonna be doing covers of songs that are already hits that we, mm-hmm. you know, that we have in our catalog. Like that was that was the nature of of the beast back then. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, there's probably between between like the '50s to like the late '70s like the the music game is mostly run by labels that decide whether or not you get a full album or if you just like a band who does a single for like a lot of popular music and a lot of those songs like they either got like a couple singles here and there and they've been repackaged as a full album later in life or they just only exist on like best of the 1960s rock collection or whatever it's just that's the only way you get these songs that's always fun too and you're like oh i know this song and then you like hear the band name and you're like who okay (laughs) they were just yeah they're like all right sure sure (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah there were there were a couple reasons i wanted to do this movie uh one because i haven't seen it in probably 15 years i don't know who saw it first but uh my sister loves this movie and she got it on dvd and because of her and her like endless rewatching of movies i probably watched it four or five times at least but at this point it's like not it's not really ever made it to like like just the the most popular like streaming services like it's available to rent or buy most places but like i looked it up 
and like it's only streaming right now on YouTube with ads. And like yeah. last year, I think it was only streaming through like Cinemax's online streaming service, Weird. but not HBO, which HBO owns Cinemax, but it wasn't on there. So like Weird. it's it's damn near hard to find. The YouTube copy is only 720p. So like I don't even mm-hmm. know if there I don't even know if there is a Blu-ray of this available. I doubt it. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's it's a movie that's kind of been lost to time a little sort bit. Sort of the same problem we ran into with Big Night. Yeah, I think. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm so mad yep. about that still. I'm going to petition <laughs> Criterion for a, a, a release of both of these movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that this movie was kind of notorious at the time because it was like the only movie that starred or co-starred Tom Hanks in like a 10-year period that didn't break $100 million. Yeah. It only it, the budget's like twenty something, and it made thirty something. Yeah, that's, okay. That's because I think good. I I want to say like either Philadelphia or Forrest Gump, all the way through until he did the Terminal. Mm-hmm. Like every movie he did was a massive hit. Mm-hmm. Shit, and the Terminal was the first one. Him and him and Spielberg of all people, <laughs> the Terminal was right. a was the one that didn't break it. Mm. It's a strange well, and movie. I, and also, I have to imagine yeah. part of that was because negotiating the rights for the oh. for that story yeah because it was it was an exorbitant amount of money mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and then they made an okay movie <laughs> yeah. yeah the terminal was an okay movie i would i would agree with that <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's a very it's a very strange movie mm. it's all right <laughs> yeah i just have a weird image of tom hanks eating saltines covered in ketchup burned into my brain now. yeah <laughs> but there you go i didn't have that before <laughs> so right. thanks but i mean this was like the uh, that thing you do was like tom hanks passion project and mm-hmm. i don't yeah. think it didn't have a very big budget like it's a pretty low budget movie i think it's yeah. like 22 million yeah i was just and looking it up right there's before some we pretty started. big set pieces there with like a lot of people like yeah. they yeah. have yeah. bandstands that are full of fucking people mm-hmm. yeah and i think they cheat it pretty well um with uh with some of the stuff like with like like the car like people like climbing on top of uh-huh. it and stuff like that like you yeah. you know they're they're effectively using the amount of people that they have there mm-hmm. um one thing that i'll comment on that i thought was kind of interesting and i wasn't quite sure how i felt about it at first was sort of the and and maybe my ear it, it hits different now because of sort of the modern trends like your your leon bridges's mm-hmm. and in and alabama shakes's and things um uh yeah or daptone records like that mm-hmm. whole that whole cadre of people like there is an 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 anachronistic sound that is very popular right now and it didn't lean into that at at the time mm-hmm. like as far as sort of making it sort of like a lo-fi sounding thing and so this is within what what this was it is 96 you said yeah it's something it's like so, 96, so yeah. this is within four years of oh of, 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 of brother yeah, and and that won Grammy for album of the year and all this other shit where they did lean very heavy into like the vintagey kind of sepia sound if that yeah, makes right, sense right. Mm-hmm. and 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 at first I was kind of like well I wish it kind of sounded like it was coming out of a fucking tin can like right. but then then I kind of thought about it and I was like maybe to give the benefit of the doubt it's kind of more to put you in the seat of somebody who was in 
alive during this time where this is the new exciting thing and it was very vivacious mm -hmm. and and full of energy and that was your world so like the maybe having like that level of bass in it or whatever and that kind of clarity on the vocals and that kind of thing or whatever it's just like this is when everything everything around you felt crisp and clean and shiny right. and new mm -hmm. and so maybe that's, that's the kind best of it ever that. sounded then right it makes me <laughs> exactly when my parents or my dad bought the return of the king like xbox game mm -hmm. and it like showed the yeah. like the video game and then went into the movie and i was like it's i didn't tell i couldn't even tell the difference <laughs> because that was like the best i'd ever seen and now you go back and watch and it's like polygons and i was like why did i think that's why i try to so play good? like a ps1 game and everyone's a, a fucking like triangle polygon yeah, and I, like back then i was like this is the best thing ever and yeah mm -hmm. so i i get what you're saying dude where it's like this sounds amazing but that was just the best they had i do really I, I like the fact that, you know, they have one song, and mm -hmm. you hear that song in full a lot throughout this movie. Mm -hmm. But I do like that you kind of hear it in different stages, mm -hmm. and you can tell that they're using, like, different different cuts, different versions of the mm -hmm. song every time they play. It's not just the same song just being mm -hmm. hit play every time. And so I think it does a really good job of capturing, like, the feeling and of the sensationalism mm -hmm. of all of it. That well, and you would the... be excited... And the drudgery of playing it over yeah, and over, over and over, over, over. So you kind of understand, I think, a little bit. You empathize a little bit more with old, old, you know, uh, little big first britches uh, lead yeah, singer Jimmy. boy. Old, yeah, old Jimmy yeah, boy. Jimmy. Like, yeah, when I, I, I kind of get it. <laughs> but I think there's a very fine line, and I think this movie does a really good job of walking it, in that you can tell that it's a drudge for them, but... I at least as an audience member, I don't really get tired of the song. I no. think it's a I think it's a good song and it's very catchy and so the fact that I have to hear it so much mm -hmm. doesn't doesn't make me upset or annoyed at the movie mm -hmm. which I think w would have been very easy to do right. if you'd had a song that wasn't as yeah they wasn't do, as much of an uh, earworm. Yeah, they bones. do such a good job of like making yeah. it. Oh, this would be like a like you can see why it was rising in the charts and like why people were loving it because right. of the type and of song. So I think they did a really good job. This with is that. the other reason why I wanted to watch the movie, not to be a super like huge bummer, but <laughs> oh, the, no. uh, yeah. Oh, it's not great. Uh, last, uh -oh. last year, right. I think it was like April. Um, Adam Schlesinger, who was like the main writer and like co-founder of Fountains of Wayne died. And after he, he died, people were like eulogizing him and being like, "Man, Stacy's mom is like a perfect song." And it's like, "Yeah, it's a per that's a perfect like pop rock radio song." And then like, I've always loved Fountains of Wayne, but like their whole catalog is good, but it's not as good as as like Stacy's mom. Nothing competes with that. But then when like people eulogizing online, I'm seeing all these posts, and it's like, "Hey, did you know he also wrote movie music?" And it's like he wrote that thing you do. They and he did also, a contest. Yeah, what? they did a songwriting contest, and uh -huh. he won with with this song. He also wow. wrote a couple songs for the Josie and the Pussycats movie, and sure. like his music is in. Like, if you go to his Wikipedia page, it's like an entire page onto itself of like music he wrote, or like music from his other band that wasn't Fountains of Wayne that's in movies. Mm -hmm. And so, like, man, I have not seen this in forever, and that thing you do is also like a perfect song for mm -hmm. like pop rock radio that era so i wanted to revisit it and i was like yeah that song still holds up you could put this on in the middle of like like if i created a spotify playlist of like 1960s pop rock songs you could put that thing you do in there 
and it would pass the test you know yeah. oh yeah you would for people who aren't aware they would never know it's not from that era right <laughs> <laughs> and i thought it was cool little trivia that kenzie was looking at the imdb mm-hmm. while we were watching it that uh steve zahn he actually mm-hmm. can sing and play guitar and it was him actually oh. Like singing mm-hmm. in some of that parts, like Jesus just... Christ! You know how fucking refreshing it was for me to watch a movie and then and then not just have to like grind my teeth and <laughs> watch and play. look <laughs> past the people playing, not knowing how to play. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, whoosh, playing. Yeah, yeah. like <laughs> I I keep I forget we're on a podcast sometimes. Uh, and yeah, that was that was really really nice. <laughs> just yeah. I mean like that that bass player guy Wolfman. Mm-hmm. Like when he's fucking around and just doing, you know, his little his little thunderstruck mm-hmm. pull offs or whatever. Then yeah, he's he's doing them, and and uh-huh. and God bless him. I think that's the, great. The funniest, I think, the part that made me laugh the hardest when was when it was showing that when they were on TV, uh-huh. and it cuts to Wolfman. And he's like, they were like, Wolfman, oh, he's scary, Go. too scary. Get out of there. <laughs> that was that got me really good. That was really funny. There were there were multiple laugh out loud bits for me, which is which is weird and rare. Because I'm starchy and hate fun. And there was no um, gun gun to the head moments either. Nobody so. got shot in the head, and I still laughed. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> that Mark is a great quality. Uh, a moment that I really liked was when he's on the phone with Charlize Theron, mm-hmm. and she just couldn't care less because she's got the hots for Dentist McDentist. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he makes, like, a really dorky jo- joke, and it cuts her. She just kind of looks at the phone and hangs up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good. He's like, I am Spartacus through the whole thing. I was like, I am Spartacus. Okay, and just right. hangs up on yeah. him, and he's like, wait, what? <laughs> and I think that's the last we see of her. Yeah, you I just, think so, I yeah. think you just that's hear the last scene of her. That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will, I, the, I, a gripe I did have that made me, we talked about Jimmy for a second, where he got all mad, and oh, uh-huh. he ends up quitting. And then it's that credits, and he got three golden albums. <laughs> I was so mad. And he's <laughs> that would made me mad. Himself. I was like, what? <laughs> no! I think Jimmy's a robot. He doesn't now, deserve that. <laughs> I think it's a dig on like the music industry that like a lot of those assholes ended up become becoming music producers right, and having right. like careers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I was like, no, of all people, not Jimmy. Not Jimmy. <laughs> right. It's like he might character. be an asshole, but like he had talent in there somewhere. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right. and and if anything, I think it was just because he was in the wrong set of circumstances. Like he right. he didn't want to be the dolled up like frontman no. guy. He wanted to write right. pretty love songs. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, so he wanted that's to do what he used to do as a producer. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I think I, I I don't I don't know if it's necessarily a dick, but um, <laughs> he he doesn't he doesn't get a smooch live Tyler anymore, and I think that's punishment enough. Yeah. Yeah. Man, is he this her first movie twist. too? Hmm. Is this her uh, first movie? I don't, I don't know. know. Do you uh, consider two 12-minute long music videos movies? Those yeah, are, can, those are right. depending on your feelings cons- on that. TJ, I consider those two 12-minute music videos movies. Maybe <laughs> not all 12 music videos, but those two. Okay. okay. <laughs> Was man, her- Tower Records after this? Empire Records to. is like, oh, it's between 95 and 97. Mm. So I'm, I don't, I'm not sure. Rules. That's also... Price is right, rules. I love Empire <laughs> Records. Yeah, that movie rules. It's been like out of print for so long, and then it came to Blu-ray, and I was like, I'm gonna get it. And then it went out of print again, and it's still, it's like, 
it was like $12 for a good year and now it's back to being like 25 30 bucks. I'm like, I don't like it that much. We'll, we'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> but at some point, I'd like to do that for the podcast too. I like Empire Records. That's, that, is, that is very much another 90s movie that calls back to other eras, but they are in the 90s. In, that in five or six yeah. years, if it happens to be on top of the bargain bin at Walmart, then we'll do right. it for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Empire Records was too. 95. Okay. So she, so she was in that. But okay. that thing you do was right after, was right that year after. Yeah. So I mean, I really like her speech that she gives to Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little yeah. sappy, but I, I think she she does a really good job like delivering it. I really like that that speech. I, she gives. Yeah, I think it's sort of like trying to channel more of like her reserved, you know, sixties lady Chasing kind this. of yeah yeah. You stay away from me, Jimmy Brown. <laughs> right, right, yeah. And and the the weird like cuts in this movie too, where it was like. It almost felt like it was like go to commercial like TV sure, like soap wipes. opera kind of yeah. thing like they walk out and then it like goes <laughs> like oh there's I, yeah go to like commercial. just like dips into music and then yeah <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Hmm. yeah I mean this movie feels like it was created with the intent of playing on like TNT on, on like a yeah. Saturday afternoon you know right like yeah. that's yes. exactly the I definitely type of watched it on TBS once is. I will say that right, right now yeah. I definitely saw it on TBS one time. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's a perfectly watchable movie. Yeah. Like you could mm-hmm. just sit down and watch it. There's nothing too bad happens. There's always like almost every other scene is pretty yeah. funny in one regard or another and there is other than that thing you do, there are other like little snippets of music playing as well that yeah. are like fun to to catch. And I mean it has it has those moments of like while wow, this is, you see them having fun mm-hmm. you know you see the mm-hmm. fun parts of it you see yeah. the rise you get you get the full like rise and fall that you normally get in like mm-hmm. a music biopic but you don't have to like go through Johnny Cash's alcoholism you know <laughs> right like, i'm not always right. ready to it's like the last one yeah. Yeah. <laughs> have have any of any of you uh, fine gentlemen seen um, the the pillar of cinema known as country strong no no, no. which movie that was, is that that would be the one with a bunch of no-name little people and then Gwyneth Paltrow cosplaying Carrie Underwood and oh, no. <laughs> and, and Tim I've McGraw playing yeah. her husband. <laughs> and, oh. and and it's it's soapy and stupid. Mm-hmm. And uh, and there is a sequence that is no fewer than twenty-five minutes of just like live modern country oh, boy. stadium. Mm-hmm bullshit Good. yeah <laughs> like songs like like not quite start to finish but it's just like i think just like the vehicle for this was gwyneth paltrow approached a bunch of money people and said i want to pretend that i'm carrie underwood for a little <laughs> while and they said i'll i'm sure that'll work great and I'm or, there, sure or there's like a star is born that's another one where it's like well that's it's a remake bad. of like, right, but I'm just saying, like, the ba- it has a lot of the bad in there, and not <laughs> there's the good and sure. the really bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of highs and lows. Yeah, a lot of lows. Has everybody <laughs> yeah. here seen Walk Hard: The Dewey Cox Story? Oh, the the yeah. perfect film. I haven't, yes. I haven't yeah. seen it. Okay. Okay. Sammy has the worst place to cut in half. Sammy. Seen. All right, so that's a, that's one that we that's can watch. A, for that the is podcast. a podcast oh, movie. Oh man, it's so good. Yeah, it is the perfect biopic, musical biopic. Wrong kid died. The wrong you know? kid. <laughs> <laughs> of, yeah, I'm we need to watch real Walk bad. Hard. That movie <laughs> is really, really funny. Fucking Jack White as Elvis is like the this most pitch perfect bit. casting I've ever seen. It's not good. It's not accurate. It's amazing. Uh-huh. It's the best Elvis performance 
ever. It's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> Paul Rudd is one of the Beatles at one point in the uh-huh. movie. Oh, yeah. good, good. Frank and Eunice is fucking Buddy Holly. Yeah. God yeah. Damn. Oh, my God. I'm we, Buddy Holly. We need it's to so do, good. Yes. We need to do an episode on Walk Hard. We're going <laughs> to oh, yeah. right now. We it's got on it. the schedule. We got it. I, awesome. That and pop like, star. I think the funniest yep. part of the, the oh, Frank yeah. Muniz bit in that, in that too, is, is like Buddy Holly was a fucking prick. Like, he was uh-huh. like very, very mean. <laughs> and Frank Muniz is just this little boy. It's fun. He plays it very earnestly. It's <laughs> a good time. Um, yeah, I mean, I I think this this this. Uh, it, I think Sammy's sort of uh, gripe about the sort of the narrative of like, uh, I know it's gonna just be over at a certain point, and then mm. it's just like fifteen minutes before the 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 movie's over. Like, I think it uh, it effectively kind of like parses out conflict, mm-hmm. and 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 kind of keeps touching on these reestablished kind of tiffs mm-hmm. that are there it's like you know like jimmy doesn't like that anybody's fucking with the songs or telling him what to do or whatever and lenny, the inception of the lenny keeps of, running off or like you know like that yeah the bass player <laughs> yeah. just leaves just leaves <laughs> yeah and and never uh, gets named they team no. player is credited <laughs> the bass player the bass player, player. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and uh, and like Steve Zahn's fucking annoying. You know, yeah. it's like it's yeah, yeah. and so they keep touching on those different things um, through throughout it and and confronting it and and having to you know alter course. So I I think that the it's not quite a road movie. Like there's not like a right. destination in mind. But I think once the introduction of the Tom Hanks manager character is there and saying like these are the next three these are your three trials that you're gonna do right. before we, we go maybe do a record. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that locks you in and you're in, you're sort of endeared to everybody enough at that mm-hmm. point where you're in for the ride. Right. And mm-hmm. and I think that's effective. And yeah, Jesus and- Christ, the manager character is funny as shit. Yeah. <laughs> like when he's I just fucking had like, it oh. on the airplane like go 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 see if you can get in the cockpit get tell, tell him it's your birthday go go yeah. go go <laughs> give me that but paper give me I, that I paper think, right now <laughs> and i think the other thing is like because i'm like just waiting for something bad to happen that like i'm almost like on the edge of my seat like just waiting right and then you don't like know pleasantly... that this is like a good time pretty right, much yeah. all the way through right and then i'm pleasantly surprised every time tom hanks is like super nice to live tyler and like <laughs> everyone's being like good people i'm like pleasantly surprised each time instead of like because it, it even it, it felt like he was setting up the seed to like break up jimmy and her mm-hmm. and get her with uh the main character instead like it just like i was like i'm just waiting for him to do something sleazy or like i'm just waiting I, and then i'm pleasantly surprised when it doesn't do i that, think so. that was his intent I think he, that was his intent, but he t- could tell very quickly that it wasn't going to last very long, <laughs> and so yeah. he was kind of like, "Okay, I don't need to push this. Right, it, right. it's yeah. gonna it's gonna play out the the way it probably always was going to, and I don't yeah. need to. I don't have time for that. I think you know? he kind of hangs a lantern on it, like, yeah, she's something special, isn't she? Like, uh-huh. like there's kind of a little, you know, yeah. Right, and I think they do a good job with that of how Guy and her like hang out together like how he treats her through the whole thing uh-huh. you can tell that he treats her way better than jimmy does uh-huh. through the whole thing even though he's just her friend and i think that's a good setup too that that pays off right well. it doesn't come so. out of nowhere and right. it, it's not necessarily <laughs> but it's not subtle forced. but yeah mm-hmm. it's not they don't really get i mean at the the last seat of the movie they're going somewhere but it's not like it they don't force right. it throughout the movie they never really indicate it other than like they they get along together 
it's not like he really has a scene where like guy pulls Jimmy aside and is like, "Hey, you're too good for her. You're not treating her very well." Right. You don't have like right, right. that. No. Com- like uh-huh. they don't have that that sort of clashing moment, which I think most movies would absolutely mm-hmm. include something like that. Sure. And again, yeah. I just going back to all the times I'm like, something bad's gonna happen. She got yeah. sick, and I was like, she's dead. <laughs> oh, no. Good lord. She's dead or pregnant. I know. Yeah. Yeah. See, the only thing that I was like certain was going to happen is that I thought that the the guy that signed up for the Marines, mm. I thought that he was going to leave quicker than he did, and mm. right. they were going to find out that like he died. In, oh. uh, while yeah. serving like that's i was certain that was what was gonna happen or at least at the very end when they do the like the here's the pictures and here's right. what happened to him i thought it was gonna be like he died but i just love that he came home he's waiting for heart yeah. yeah right and he's waiting for him to die instead they cut to him in disneyland <laughs> having a great time at disneyland Which instead is great. yeah <laughs> There's... Cut to him getting shot in the head, and then somebody <laughs> wakes up from a dream sequence on the bus, and then yeah, I have a I good mean, laugh. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. They cut to him riding the Matterhorn in 1996. He might as well have got shot in the head. He'll never oh. be able to walk again. <laughs> that right? Screw up your back. <laughs> oh Jesus! Yeah, there's there's some there's something to this movie where like I think even though it is like very. It, it like it relies a lot for the characters like mostly on tropes and it's like not doing anything new i think there is like kind of an ingenuity to it in the way that it's telling the story especially because it's like even in the 90s the, the musical biopic is already kind of like well-worn territory for how it is presented and you still get pretty much everything you would get in one of those movies but like tom hanks avoids most of like the hang-ups that people have that make it like a really like a dramatic movie and he just kind of takes all the highs and you have the lows but they're not nearly as low so you get all the highs and like the lows are represented but it's never like it's all it's never high stakes and (laughs) there's even a point at the end of the movie that like towards the end of the movie i think they're in the diner toward in the hotel where it's like they they're talking about like their next step and they're like, oh, we've been doing this for two months. I'm like, that's right. The The first scene in the movie is only two months from where they are at the end of the movie. Yeah. Well, and think, as far as, like, the tropes go, like, I think that's also sort of reflective of the times or whatever. Sure. It's like, you know, you look at, like, you know, the, like, the Beatles or whatever, and it's, like, broken up into, like, you know, the cute one, the rebellious right. one, the quiet one, and the little one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, that, it sucks that you're just kind of reduced to that kind of stroke, like, all right, right your sunglasses now. Mm-hmm. Like, but, like, that's kind of, kind of how it went. I, I kind of like that, it, like, the last, the speech that Tom Hanks gives, he's kind of just like, this isn't the first and this isn't the last time this will happen. This, this story right. happens all the time, and he's not wrong. He's hanging a lampshade on it, but, like, that is the way that, like, the music industry worked at that time. This is a story that would have been done, like, fucking about a a hundred bands that happened in the 1960s and early 70s. Mm -hmm. It's It's not a revolutionary story. This happened all the time. You know, you win some, you lose some. It sort of reminded me of, like, like the Sonics a little sure. bit 
which is sort of like a darling if you're like for the from the Pacific Northwest, and then now I think they've been featured in enough like documentaries and sure. things or whatever, where like there's sort of like a resurgence of interest that way. Mm-hmm. But that was sort of like a like a hometown hero kind of thing where like they they cut a goddamn record and it's mostly covers, but yep. it's it's really really good too. <laughs> they grew up uh, where I was born. Like a couple oh, no streets shit. over, yeah, and oh, like the the record that uh, I've got a, one of their early like EPs. That's like a Christmas EP they did with like the Wailers and a bunch of other garage rock bands from the '60s, and like it's one of my uncles had it, and it's from when they were like an early band. So it's like it's it's pretty funny that like seeing that live at Easy Street Records and seeing like Eddie Vedder show up on that album, and he's like, yeah, they're a big influence. I'm like, oh, a little band from like down the street from where I lived. <laughs> I think this, because this movie didn't, like, do great. I think it was no. considered kind of a flop when it came sure. out. Um, and I think probably very reflective of what movies were coming out in this time. Like, you know, you look at the mid to late 90s, and there probably were, audiences weren't interested in watching a PG mm. movie like this. You know, this is when, like, 90s independent film is coming out and i imagine that they were the studios were probably like we would love this to be way more edgier because right. it's not exactly a kids movie but it's right. not exactly like an adult you know drama either so right. I, I can i can see for the time when it came out being 1996 them not knowing how to market this movie mm-hmm. or who it was for when in reality it's just like a nice little movie that everybody yeah. could enjoy but i can imagine it in the you know in the depths of action you know your face-offs and your con airs and your your other movies that are coming out Mm. in the mid to late 90s it probably just got swallowed up and wasn't what people were clamoring to go see at this time right sure well for for us when tomorrow is the one year of the pandemic it was a very nice movie for me to watch right now and just (laughs) have a a nice you know i was just kind of browsing like i I don't check it very often but youtube's got a free like free with ads movie section and every once in a while i'm like you know they've got some different stuff on there so i checked it i was like fucking that thing you do is on there that's not anywhere (laughs) so it's like what like that's a good excuse to watch this movie and it's a it's a movie i i had a great time revisiting and it now i gotta i gotta get the soundtrack and i <laughs> right that's the I mean, that still in my head of it. <laughs> there i will say now... that oh uh, go, go ahead no you go ahead okay i was just gonna say that the, i don't know if i love it or hate it like <laughs> the hotel guy uh, the hotel owner at the end oh, literally the looking owner. at the camera and going that's the thing i do <laughs> and then that's the that's the last thing that happens in the movie. almost it. yeah like pointing at the screen like that's what sure. i do <laughs> They're going to get a room of their own so that they can proceed to engage in intercourse. <laughs> and that's what I have do. a good day. <laughs> um, so the song that mm-hmm. thing you do did get an Oscar nomination. It oh, was good. nominated for best original song. But uh, we do this sometimes. Would you guys like to know what else was nominated and then what won that year? Because I would argue that that thing you do would have been what I picked to win. Sure. All right. Let's sure. Go. I'll, uh, yeah, go ahead. Hit me. That cool. thing you do. <laughs> uh, because You Loved Me from Up Close and Personal by Diane Warren. Oh, Not familiar. Nope. I don't know it. For the first time from the movie One Fine Day by James Newton Howard. Nope. nope nothing okay <laughs> i finally found someone from the mirror has two faces by barbara streisand 
I mean, oh, I've right. heard of, of Barbara Streisand. I don't know <laughs> that, that particular tune or that particular film. Yeah. And the winner was You Must Love Me from Evita by Andrew Lloyd Webber and Tim Rice. Boo! Boo! Yeah, I don't know that song, but that, sure. that's that like your absolute, legacy choice. Yeah, it's like, oh, we have Andrew Lloyd Webber and Tim Rice. Let's, they're the pick. That's who you give it yeah. to. Trash, when I would argue boo. the best, the, the song that's most recognizable from all those is That Thing You Do. So, Andy, I was going to say that this is the first, I mean, one of the first podcasts where it's was easy for you to pick the ending song but now i feel like you should just play that the one that won the oscar <laughs> just no. just because no i'm just kidding <laughs> i don't want to endorse andrew lloyd Webber. <laughs> in in the last year um i don't know if you guys have heard it but uh, billy joe armstrong released an album with covers and it's on there and it's actually a really good cover i we listened to he it was, and i yeah. i like it quite a bit it's he it's was doing really like quarantine fun. covers from home and then he decided mm-hmm. to publish it yeah so I, I also read that fucking during one of their, they did like a flat, uh, Sync did like a flashback sequence in some of their concerts where they did like themselves in different eras and their 60s era isn't a Beatles song. It's that thing you do. It's that thing you do. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Do you think they thought it was a real song from the 60s? No. Yeah. No, okay. <laughs> uh, uh, some of them, maybe. <laughs> I think Not my man Joey batting average than others there. Yeah. <laughs> no, Joey knew it wasn't. No. Not my man Joey Fatone. JC? Mm. Are you going to just my man JC Chazé? Don't you? He knew. He knew. Oh, man. In all honesty, Justin. My man might Chris Kirkpatrick, he knew. Justin right. might not. I don't know. That's these true. People. Oh, I know NSYNC. <laughs> no strings yeah. attached, fucking banger. Give it a give it a re-listen if you haven't in a while. No. That's a shout out for the episode. You're wrong, and you need to do it, TJ. No strings attached, fucking banger. You noticed that neither of us threw Lance Bass under the under the bus because we know he knew what, that it was. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He He's the most of the them, bus. though. Yeah. yeah. The only one who did. Lance is the one that Probably suggested your boy JT. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is off the fucking rails. <laughs> Now before we before oh. we wrap up, I'm pretty. It seems like we're we're pretty much done. But I, I just wanted to give a, a like a, a little nod to uh, Tom Hanks writing himself into this movie into a character that would like in an in an uh, like in a serious biopic would be like a villain. Right. But in this movie, he like he portrays it in a way where like yeah, he's kind of like stringing them along, but also he's got like a very much this is just business about him. And, like, it's so refreshing to see that, like, he is not necessarily the bad guy. That, like, you empathize with him and you understand. And he's, like, he treats them with dignity and respect. And it's, like, it just kind of makes you be, like, oh, I guess this would be, like, a manager. He treats it very much like it's just his job. Yeah. And that's that's mm-hmm. cool to see instead of, like, someone stepping in and interfering and, like, holding them down because he's the man as he would be right. represented somewhere else. And he also brings, like... Without him, there's not a whole lot else going on in this movie, which is fine. But, like, he's also not doing a whole lot, and it's still, like, moving the story along, and it's it's he, fun that way. He definitely brings a new energy to the movie mm-hmm. when he comes in. Once right. he enters, it kind of Even that, like, the introduction to him is, like, he's got, like, an electricity to him that isn't in the movie mm-hmm. before, where he is, like, he's got mm-hmm. an air to, like, this man is important. 
just how he's like dressed right when he goes yeah. in to w- meet with him like in that place like no one else is dressed like this around this town you, you, you know like yeah he's like this Willy Wonka figure <laughs> that like comes and drags you into his world where you're there's wonders but you have to play by his rules <laughs> <laughs> but again like he's still like a really nice guy too like he yeah. he treats uh Liv Tyler's character like she like when he, when they're like oh is she gonna make it to the screening of the of them on TV and he's like oh I've got her taken care of and like literally like got her she like got her hair done and like like treated her really nicely and was mm-hmm. like like excited when the guys were getting like r- raising up the charts like that was another good part too that instead of just being like this is a this is a how we're moving through he was more he was more than that and I saw what you did TJ <laughs> you said I took got taken care of. TJ again, gun to the head, because that's the funniest thing for TJ. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> no, TJ, that's not what happened in the movie, even though you wanted that to happen. The funnier thing was catching Andy, catch it, and then both of us trying to be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. There's a reason Tom Hanks is a movie star, and I think he's one of a, a very select amount of movie stars that no matter what he does, his clout never seems to, like, dip below a certain level. Mm-hmm. You know, even when he does, like, movies that are just fine, you're mm-hmm. still, like, it's still Tom Hanks. He still is, like, at a level beyond anybody else. He's one of the biggest movie stars and probably will be for the rest of his life, you know? I would imagine so at this point, yeah. yeah. And I'd like to think it's because he's a good person. Don't right. let me down, Tom. <laughs> keep that. Keep it that way, Tom. <laughs> bury those skeletons very deep. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to bury hear. Chet very deep. It's gonna yeah. be like after he dies. There's some expose of like here's all the shit he was hiding. Oh no! Oh. I don't want it. I don't want it. It'll be Chet. Oh, be I like, yeah, to... my dad was a monster. <laughs> Chet well, shirtless on a video. Yeah. I gotta tell you guys, bro. In his mid-60s. He could do it because Colin will be dead, too. So it's like he can finally speak his, his truth. Which his dad was a bad man. Oh, no. Oh, I do have to no. talk about... I for, We totally forgot the thing that made Kenzie the saddest through the whole movie is the their original drummer that broke his arm. Yeah. And then he's oh, just sitting Ruby with the family at the end. Like She's Watching. like, he's just... What a good sport. But she's like, oh, it's so sad. He, he missed out. Really pissed um, <laughs> Poor little Giovanni R- Ribisi. But, you know, Ribisi. also, it was only a span of two months. That's I, I think yeah. that's one of the things I like the most about the movie is they're like, I mean, you didn't really lose anything. You got you got a hit single. You got you got your name out there. And then, like, two guys got yeah. to have, like, promising careers. And the other two guys, I don't know how long they've been practicing before they made it, you know, the, the song. But they were only famous for two months. So, you know, mm. no harm, no foul. They got their five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And while they were away, you know, Grumbly Dad had a new son. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. To hang out with and have a good time with. Exactly. (laughs) Well, good pick, Raymond. That was a a nice. Thanks, Raymond. It was nice. I knew what was coming down the pipeline, and I knew what we had watched Mm. recently, and I was like, you know what would be really refreshing? Just a nice movie. Yeah. Especially uh, under two hours. Nice. We potentially have some Harmony Corinne coming in, coming into our lives. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll 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 see. Yeah, and next week we have a four-hour movie to watch too. So this is a good. <laughs> I, one. I was. I still say, don't do know how we wanna, we're gonna do that. I'd, do I'd say we'd have to record on it? 
I, I was. I think we have to record on Saturday. I honestly. I think I don't we see have to. Anyway so, for but <laughs> next week, next week our episode may be a day or two late, but it's because we were going to be break, bringing you our breaking hot takes on the specifically life TJ's <laughs> the life changing event that is the Snyder Cut. Hashtag mm-hmm. bring back the Snyderverse. Hashtag release the Snyder Cut. Hashtag it's finally happened. It's finally happened. Hashtag cinema's not dead. All of our dreams are coming true. Papa's coming home to deliver us God's gift. Uh I was going to say, I I got a YouTube ad this morning and it was like a 30 second spot for the Snyder Cut. And if like, you can't skip an end to like the the first five seconds have passed. I was like, no, I'm going to have to watch all four hours. I'm not getting this like I'm not seeing all the new stuff right now. Let's right. no. <laughs> I'm gonna watch it. it. I'm gonna watch it. Yeah. And we could have seen it earlier if we would have watched Tom and Tom Jerry. Tom and Jerry. But, uh, <laughs> man, messed up. Shit. <laughs> Wasn't my pick yet. I was gonna. That was gonna be my pick. I was gonna make you guys watch Tom and Jerry. And we could have. Imagine if we would have picked Tom and Jerry, went and sat down to watch it, and we started. We just watching. got the first got hour. Fifty of the Snyder Cut. Tom and Jerry four fucking hours. What is this? <laughs> I just like. I imagine the parent that was like, "Okay, I don't fucking care. Watch Tom and Jerry. Put Tom and Jerry on for their kids. Walks out, comes back three hours later, and like their kid turns around and like a single tear is going, <laughs> coming down their face." and they're like superman's in the black Superman. outfit now yeah <laughs> he did it that son of a bitch snyder did it <laughs> <laughs> he did the black outfit he did oh. it, it. Oh. he made he made all of our wildest TJ's so excited <laughs> oh man i can't wait we're yeah. definitely looking forward to this <laughs> it it's gonna be quite the time <laughs> all right well in that case if you uh want to get uh, uh, in touch with us at all, there's a couple ways you can do it. You can uh, go over onto Twitter and contact us at NSAOTPod, or you can send uh, old Raymond an email over at NeverSeenAnyOfThisPod at gmail.com. Send me an email. Or, Sammy, where else, what what can they go find on our Facebook page? Also known our free, as our, our, our free, free Patreon. Patreon. Free That's Patreon. Right. We need just a little button you'll press that just plays like I could also edit it in since that's no, no, that's but I'm not going to. I'm not going to. So, uh, yeah, I think that about does it for this week's episode of Never Seen Any of This. We'll be back next week with a God's gift to cinema. Uh, But until then, (laughs) we'll just say bye. 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 Massive, it's your boy Chetana coming straight from the Golden Globes. You watching? Me, me, father Tom Hanks presenting in a watch. Soon forward, come. Big up, tune in.